Welcome to Bull Droppings. I'm Josh McSwain here with my co-host AJ Torres. We got quarterback depth chart projections for 2021 and some news and notes from the preseason victory over the Cowboys talk about so let's jump right into quarterback depth chart because i feel like we should get that out of the way before we get into some of the news and notes oh boy from the game so biggest reason we held out as long as we could on disgruntled deshaun was because we didn't know what would happen held out on quarterbacks because we didn't know what would happen with disgruntled deshaun but alas nothing has really happened so now we're forced to make predictions about him anyway so my prediction for Deshaun is still that he ends up on the exempt list and that his overall stat line for 2021 is a big goose egg. Goose egg for the whole thing, huh? Yep. Now, do you All think 17 was... games, active for none of them. So you think he's going to be on the uh, commissioner exempt just simply because, uh, I mean, not for nothing. Uh, just because uh, COVID and everything else slowing down the court system, we're basically going with until all this is completed. And the fact that there's about two dozen cases, until everything is sorted out, just leave them commissioner exempt, right? That's what I'm assuming will happen, even though it hasn't happened yet. I, I find it a little strange. That... Like that until, I, I mean... I, th I thought it happened before preseason, personally. Me too. But I think, I mean, the fact that we have the regular season right around the corner, the fact that summer is nearly over, and for some people it is over, I think we got a little bit to go before they actually have a statement where they're saying we are having him uh, commissioner-exempt and just kind of going from there. And if you're if you're new to the organization, like if you're Casario or if you're uh, Cully, you're kind of very irritated about this. It's not that, you know, you're uh, saying, well, oh, he didn't want to be here, none of that, blah, blah, blah. Essentially, they just went into the job and assuming, listen, this is the guy that I got to work with, and I am working with a top five quarterback in the league. Yes. The fact that that is taken away from you, listen, this is not, okay, the guy's in his second year and he's developing. No, you, you try to get everything you can. You shoot for the stars to get a top five quarterback. It doesn't matter what else you have in your system, wide receivers, running back, offensive line. There's so many organizations that would give almost the moon, the world, and everything they love and care for for a top five quarterback. And the fact that he's gone, ah, the pain. Yes. So who's the second best quarterback in this system? Because, I mean, we got three other guys here, right? But depending on if you want to go by talent or – experience, or just who you have your confidence in. When you look at Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, and Jeff Driscoll, it's not the same conversation as Deshaun Watson unless it's maybe a game of cards. That's true. But nonetheless, we are forced to make predictions anyway. So here's my prediction. I think just based on what I've seen in the preseason that it will be Mills under center in week one, and he will start as long as he's healthy this season. 
Really? Yep, I really think so. Just looking at what I've seen, yeah, you could talk about maybe he wasn't facing all the first stringers and all that, but Mills could actually throw some of the intermediate routes with some zip. And we saw Taylor doing nothing but dinking and dunking. If, of course, <clears throat> if you're David Culley, you still have to win some games to keep your job, at least keep the team competitive, even in a rebuild, so that you don't look like a total joke. And if you're just saying which quarterback gives you the best chance to win at this point, I'd have to favor Mills. And hmm. so, if that in mind, I would have to say 4,000 yards for Davis Mills. Would I put him or, over or under? Or, you definitely have to go under. Listen, I, okay, I always, maybe, I always say 3,500 then. Okay, so my, my only thought is this, because a lot of I always tell people this about uh, how good – or great a quarterback is and i say the magic number is four thousand yards and they say oh yeah so and i'm like think about it there's only eight players that have thrown for five thousand yards plus in history mm -hmm. yeah and one of them is Jameis winston everyone called him a scrub ouch right so when i say four thousand yards and i'm like listen four thousand yards plus there's so many quarterbacks that don't get to that that puts you in different levels, and that's why I had that big argument about Phillip Rivers. If we're going with Davis Mills and him starting, but mind you, we don't know which wide receivers are staying because there's rumors about some being traded. There's also a rumor about Tunsil being traded. With that being mm -hmm. said, I think getting anything close to 4,000 is completely absurd. And even if you're going 3,500, also I think absurd. I'm thinking he's going to be in the 2,500 to 300 range. I just am. No. I mean, if you were to get to 4,000 yards, you only have to throw for 250 yards a game. Well, actually, no, that was based on 16 games. Now that we have 17 games, you don't even have to average 250 yards a game. And the reason I think he could average that figure is because they're probably going to be behind a lot, which will force him to have to throw a lot. So I don't think it's quite unattainable. Not saying it's not unattainable. I just consider the system around him and then the actuality. I mean, do I think he could go more potentially? But right now, I just think the odds are against him. Call it extra game. Call it however you want. The fact that he would be close to 3,500 yards, I just don't see it. But for his sake, I hope I'm wrong. I'd certainly take the over on 3,500, 4,000. It'll be close, I think. I I don't think so. Although I do will I do gotta say, there are some uh, teams. I think the Texans are one of them. Now I think if you are uh, David Culley, I think that everyone is expecting this team to be bad. So I actually think it's okay to – it doesn't matter which quarterback you put in. I mean, if you think David Mills is uh, ready, by all means, don't put him in if you think he's going to get killed and it will kill his development. We don't want that. But as far as if you go by another organization like the Bears, you want Justin Fields out there because guess what? If you are Pace or you're Nagy, this guy is literally – your lifeline for your job. And there's no other way to say it 
that guy literally is going to make or break your job. That is true, but I think it's a different situation. I don't think the Texans franchise has hitched their wagon to Mills in the same way. I think he was just brought in to maybe just see what he's got, potentially be a quality backup. I think they're either hoping Watson can come back in eventually or they would ship him out and have a high draft pick to use on another guy. I don't, but yeah, Fields is the franchise quarterback in Chicago. Mills is not here. You see, it doesn't matter because guess what? Next year, right, Fields is still going to be there, just like Mills still going to be there. The problem being is is that two guys have their jobs on the line. And Cully, I, I think if the Texans are smart and they know what this team is capable of, which is not much going into this year, there's some coaches where if they win only two or three games, they'll get fired. I think David Cully will be an exception just because of, look at you, your back is literally against the wall and everyone's expecting you to go winless. If it comes to just I'm putting in Mills so I could win games to save my job, I don't think it's the same as uh, I don't think it's the same as Fields. Definitely similar, but I don't think it's the same. Perhaps. I mean, I don't know that Cully will be on all that much of a hot seat this year. But if you remember in 2007, the Dolphins fired Cam Cameron after one year when they went one and fifteen. If you are so bad that you are laughable then, yeah, there is a precedent for coaches getting fired after one season. Broncos it's not didn't, I forgot to happen. I don't know how likely it would be, but, yeah, I mean, I would think, you know, players are always trying to win games. Even if they don't anticipate that the team will be very good that year, they're still always trying to win. And like we saw with Doug Peterson this year in Philadelphia, you quit on your team, that's not good. That's why he was out. Because, exactly. Because Which is why I would team. say the Texans will start Mills because I think he gives them a better chance to win. All right. I'll give I'll give it to you on that one. All right. So who do you think starts week one, Taylor or Mills? Something tells me Taylor. And uh, do we have uh, just that curiosity? I'm not sure if you wanted to save it for the uh, – next show or not do we have a updated version of the 53-man roster or is that uh or is that not uh happened yet um if you want to save it for next show i understand yeah we can save it for the next show actually august 31st is cut down day we'll have to go down to the 53 we could Talk about yeah. surprise cuts at that moment in time. Mm. We got two guys on the uh, pup list and one guy on the injured reserve right now. Right. And then Tunzel's on the COVID list. Uh, that not even, I don't even have that. Uh, oh, yep. Only guy on the COVID list at the moment. Right. Which I'm actually happy about. The only problem is, if we go by combined uh, COVID, injured, reserved, and pup list, three offensive linemen. Two of them are huge. Marcus Can and Tunsil not available? 
That is just bad. That's horrible. That's a nightmare. Right. It certainly takes a lot of veteran leadership away. But and honestly, when watching the team against the Cowboys, I thought the offensive line actually did reasonably decent in that game. They were making some running lanes, and they're not great in pass protection, but they held their own at least half the time. All right. So I'm certainly hoping the new guys that we brought in, Justin Britt, Justin McRae, those guys can at least hold their own. Obviously, Tunzel will be back and will be better. Sharping, I expect to be solid. Howard probably should be solid. So, all right. So, you're going with Tyrod as the starter. How many games do you think he starts this season? And we're assuming that Deshaun plays zero. You can if you want. That's what I'm assuming happens. If you think differently, you can say so. I think it'd be a good idea if we just assume that he's on commissioner exempt because, again, I just don't see 22 lawsuits. However, you want to rule Deshaun Watson, innocent or guilty. The fact that we're going to have all 22 lawsuits solved by sometime in December, I find it very hard to believe. I just do. Exactly. I think in the span of three or four months, how many lawsuits can you take and how many have been brought to court right now? Right now, there has been no court ruling on one of the almost two dozen cases, which worries me. There has been other cases reported, but it's just been one or two, such as if we go to other sports, Trevor Bauer, where one was reported with a restraint order and it was denied. And then there's an allegation against Jamar Chase. I think he's going to get nailed for six games. Same thing will happen with Ezekiel Elliott, and we move on. As far as this case goes, I'm just going to go again zero. And if we're going to go with just strictly the development of Mills, which is what many people say they wasted their pick on, I think it'll be like uh, Fitzmagic and Tua from last year. Go uh, start the first eight games, and then the rest, Mills, you got to learn. I think that's fair. Yeah, it seems fair. Give him plenty of time to get roughed up, uh, go in a little bit of garbage time maybe. But, yeah, that's uh, that's just my thought, and I just don't want to – you don't want to rush him. Especially if many people are going to think that this season is meaningless outside of just tanking for draft picks. Which hopefully they keep around, mind you. Right. Can't be trading all those picks again. Absolutely not. Otherwise, well, (sighs) there was a rumor about a uh, hockey team coming to Houston. With the Rockets rebuilding, you better hope that that team comes to Houston. <laughs> to say the least. Because Houston football, it it's not the year. It's just not. No, certainly isn't. No, some other 
notes that I made while watching game against the Cowboys. Malik Collins really stood out to me. He, playing as a three technique, was managing to get in the backfield fairly consistently. He looks like he can be a, a disruptive guy. Again, he's not going to keep offensive coordinators up at night the way J.J. Watt did anytime soon. But it looks like, you know, he could be a solid player. Then looked at Shaq Lawson. He looks like he still could be an upgrade over Merciless at defensive end, whom I really couldn't see much of in that game. Lawson, I did see him get caught out of position as a defensive end in the run game one time. Of course, they always tell defensive ends, you have outside contain. He got sucked in. Tony Pollard went off tackle and got a first down off that carry. But I saw later in the game, Lawson held gap integrity, stopped play at the line of scrimmage. So there you go. Jacob Martin also had a pretty good strip sack early in the game. I still think he's a really good third down defensive end, and I think if you had him primarily coming in on third downs and Lawson on first and second, that'd be a pretty good combination. I also expect Charles Aminahue to see a lot of time. And Lonnie Johnson had a pick six off Ben DiNucci in the second half. I'm still campaigning <laughs> Lonnie Johnson for strong safety starter. Yes, and uh, that helps. <laughs> not only that, yeah, but with that pick, uh, as the joke happened from uh, Instagram comedian Danucci, wait, isn't that that guy that owns the deli? Well, it seems like he's more of a deli owner than a quarterback with that interception. <laughs> but that's just the modern day of football now. When interception, your label is crap, right? Yeah, Brett Favre would not survive today. With the way that this crowd is, the way that these new generations of fans are, absolutely not. Now, me, me and you uh, saw a little bit of the, uh, the gunslinging era. These kids now, they're just starting to get into fantasy football and everything else. Not a shot. They would hate him. They would think, they would think of him worse as Jameis. Right. Also, and I talked a little bit earlier about the run game. Now... You look at the yards per carry that was generated, it's not very good. But some of those carries were down near the goal line off that turnover when they were trying to punch the ball into the end zone. You had Mark Ingram, who, was, who led the team with 24 yards on seven carries, found the end zone. You know, obviously the average and the overall yards aren't that impressive, but given the situation, I don't think it was all that bad. Obviously... Stats can only tell you so much about the game. And, you know, maybe it won't be a great rushing attack, but I think, you know, there will be some running room for Ingram and Philip Lindsay. Although Lindsay didn't have a great game either. He had a whopping two yards on four carries. Is your man. Which is, that's just a, such a small sample size, too. Again, that doesn't yeah, get true. These games can only take so much out of it. And then look at Scotty Phillips, the, who had a big game in Green Bay. He had 16 yards on four carries. I still think he's got a decent shot to end up on the final 53. It's a guy I'm really looking out for. Yes. Although, at the moment that this goes, if it came to down down to the wires and who gets those last 51, 52, and 53 spots, if I had to by any chance choose a running back or an extra offensive lineman, 
I would go extra offensive lineman. Scotty Phillips, a lot of people say uh, he's the odd man out for the run back position because it's just been deep. Yeah, it might be the case. Very unfortunate. Maybe if he could him. help on special teams, that might be a way that he could cement his spot on the roster. I mean, running backs get hurt a lot these days, so having four of them on your roster is not a terrible idea, I don't think. You know, I know my idea was two until it actually happened, though. My idea was actually to see if you could market uh, Scotty Phillips for just low-end draft picks, and my first thought was the Rams, because if you look at how many runbacks they have that's been hurt the last couple of years, especially this year, you got two guys that are done for the season. Sonny Michelle went over there for a fifth and sixth-round pick for uh, next year's draft, but I think I'm like, you go to Sonny Michelle and you want to be your durable running back? I don't know if that's a good idea. Sonny Michelle gets hurt. He's injury prone. I'm sorry. I understand the cost. But, I mean, Scotty Phillips for probably what? A fifth-round pick? I, I think I'd be happy with that. Maybe a fourth-round pick. That well, would have sufficed. If, Mich if Michelle was only going for a fifth and a sixth, I don't know how much value Scotty Phillips would really have. However, saying, if, if you had something, if you're either going to have him be cut or you're going to trade him for just one fifth round pick or so, that was before they do it. I mean, I think a week ago, you're like, hey, do you think a running back core is set? Well, how come you aren't on the phone with these guys? I mean, is there still probably, probably nothing anymore because it's dried up and they fulfilled their needs? Right. And I just don't think a guy like uh, Ingram draws value anymore, even though it's a team-friendly contract. But on a different note, I actually did watch part of the Jaguars preseason game in New Orleans on Monday night, trying to see how our week one opponent would look. And, well, Jaguars looked like the Jaguars. They did not look very good at all. Trevor Lawrence, who was finally named the starter today in a move that everybody knew was coming. Literally everybody. A little earlier than I expected, that... I have no idea why they were holding off on this. My only thought is they were trying to boost Gardner Minshew's trade value. Yep. But then it's like, you name Lawrence the starter, and then, yep, that's gone. I now don't... I don't know what they could have gotten for Minshew to begin with, but now it's even less. So, but anyways, we know Lawrence will be under center, barring anything unforeseen. And Lawrence is clearly athletic. He's got a big arm. And the line does not look like they can protect him at all. So, hopefully, Jackson's rush will be able to get there life. and... <laughs> You know, Travis Etienne got hurt, so he, he's out for the season. So still going to have to worry about James Robinson and maybe Carlos Hyde, who ran for 1,000 mm -hmm. yards here in Houston a couple years ago. But now, I think this week one game is basically in toss-up status now. Yeah. This is a game the Texans could win. So just a couple questions for you. Uh, sorry right. if I cut you off by any means. Uh, 
was Lawrence running or running for his life? Well, actually, there were quite a few times where he stood in the pocket and took a hit. And he scrambled a couple of times. And, you know, when I say scramble, like he got out of the pocket and ran for a first down. Yep. He definitely doesn't want to make a habit of that because he will get hurt in this league doing that a lot. Yeah, this is not college anymore. It is not. A lot the other thing about him is like he's 6'6 and 220 and he's slender. Yeah. And just like, you know, you don't want to be so bulky looking as a quarterback, but at the same time, you know, there's so much exposed area that you can hit. Like, he's just got to be able to take some of that. And it should also be noted the Jaguars didn't have Brandon Linder or uh, Andrew Norwell, two of their starting offensive linemen in this game. So, yeah, the Jags offense... Well, they also didn't have DJ Chark. That also goes, should be noted. So what exactly is their offense going to be in week one? I don't know. I'm not sure anybody really knows at this point. And you also had Marquez Callaway from the Saints, receiver who lit up their secondary with from famous Jameis, caught two touchdown passes. I mean, we all know C.J. Henderson was a number nine overall pick. He was supposed to be their, their corner. I don't know. Cooks might have an advantage on him week one. Question is, who's going to be getting him the ball? I still think it'll be Mills. We shall see. So another question I have is, do you think that uh, James Robinson is going to be Texans daddy number two? Hmm. Number one is obviously uh, King Henry. Are, yes. Is he going to share uh, joint custody with uh, Robinson? I don't know. He might have to fight Jonathan Taylor for that title. <laughs> J- Jonathan Taylor is going to be up there, too. He will be. <laughs> to, yeah. to, to, to think of it, just is there any other league where you've actually seen it where it's like, listen, we got three teams that are in our division, and Every single star and running back just owns us. Well, I don't think I've really seen that, but let's actually look at what he did against us last year, shall we? Because I We're can't paying. quite remember if he really made a huge impact or not. All right, let's let's take a gander right here. The game in Houston had twenty. Five carries, 99 rushing yards. Actually, strike that. Game in Houston, he had 13 carries for 48 yards. Game in Jacksonville had 25 carries for 99. And didn't have much of an impact in the passing game. Obviously, the run defense is still something that needs to be answered for the Texans. How good is it going to be? Can this interior defensive line adequately Hold up. It still remains to be seen. I don't know that Robinson will be rushing for 200 yards against us. Not going to be a total domination. Not going to be a King Henry-like performance. But... And we'll see what Jonathan Yeah, just going to have Zach Cunningham, hopefully, can get in there, stop some plays, and... You know... Is it going to be Lawrence bombing it up to Chark week one, or is 
Bradley Roby going to be up for the job of covering Chark? Lots of questions still to be answered. Do you think that uh, you think that the bread's going to be spread out a little bit? It probably will be. Because we have no idea who Trevor's guy is going to be. Because there's going to be a wide receiver that you're comfortable with, and he's going to be your go-to guy. Is Correct. it going to be? Is it going to be Chark? We don't know that. I mean, he certainly is their most talented receiver now. Whether he'll have that chemistry with Lawrence is another question, especially exactly. if they don't play a lot in the preseason. It'll be tough to tell, but I guess we'll find out come week one. But I feel a lot better about this game as a Texans fan than I did a few weeks ago. That much is for sure. I mean, me, I've just, a lot of people ask me what I think about the preseason. And I, I've always been the type of guy where I'm just going to be like, you know what, this means absolutely nothing to me. As far as, like, if they do good, I'm like, oh, well. If they do bad, I'm like, okay, how bad are we talking? Like, there's, okay, he rushed for 50 yards on, you know, five carries. Okay, first unit, second unit, what are we doing? You know what I mean? And then it's just like, okay, the guy threw three picks in his uh, preseason game. Three picks? What? You know what I mean? It's it's the uh, there's a lot that goes into it, but only alarming stuff do I take in consideration. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say preseason's meaningless, but you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen crazy things happen. That we have. The good thing of sports. For sure. Well, you got any final thoughts? Well, uh, I, I've just I found this the most uh, trickiest subject, and that's the reason why we held off of it for this long. Very painful to go over, but again, it's going to be better for the NFL, the team, and really the world when this segment garbage just gets all these allegations get put to rest. It's like, okay, if you did it, that means you get a uh, criminal punishment and the team moves on from you, you know what to do, but it's so hard to build around something that isn't going to be there for X amount of time. It's like, it kind of goes like this. I mean, you can't do it anymore. Right. But imagine the times where it's just like, hey, draft me an offensive lineman or I'm sitting out the whole season. You are building around a quarterback that's sitting out a whole year from what we talk about in theory. Yes. If this was one case, I think they would try and push it forward full priority. I think it would be different. But the fact that there's 22 of them, Maybe I think one or so got dropped or whatever the case may be. There's just so much riding on this. You got to go by research. You got COVID uh, not going fast enough with the court system. This is ugly. You have to plan a year away from him, 
which means what do you do about the quarterback situation? What do you do about the players that actually want to play here? And better yet, for the guys that are on the one-year prove-it deals, what the hell do you do with them? Because after this year, if they blow chunks, how are you going to re-sign some of these guys? You're not going to be able to. Desmond King you might get away with because you want him as a, a nickel corner which I think he should be playing every down if that's possible. You take a guy yeah. like Philip Lindsay where you're like, hey, this guy deserves to be the number one back. If you go by stat, talent, recent memory, I think he deserves to be there. But he could easily sign a multi-year deal somewhere else for somebody that wants a run back. How would you keep him after this year? Yep. don't think you'll be able to, especially if you didn't like it here. Yep. Before the allegations, the organization has turned into a mess and it shows. The best thing that could happen for this team is Watson to come back clean. They trade him somewhere. I think it goes to the Broncos, which I think has been absolute dumpster fire, particularly with Teddy Bridgewater uh, getting the clear nod for week one. And then you have to build everything from scratch again, including, I hate saying it, I hate saying it because it's an excuse for people that just don't care that they're losing. But you got to change the culture in Houston. You have to. And better yet, I always said for a couple years now, the ownership needs to sell. They just have to. They're awful. Too much needs to be done for this team to go in a solid direction. It's just what it is. Well, that is a very pointed final thought, and I think we're just going to close the show on that. Agreed. So remember to check us out on Twitter at Texans Talk Pod, and we'll bring you a rundown of the 53-man roster next week after cutdown day has come and gone. So on behalf of A.J. Torres, I'm Josh McSwain. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.